check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Throwdown. I am your host, Zach, with Connor and Alex, as usual. Say hi, guys. Howdy, howdy. What up, what up? All right, we got another exciting episode going on this week, but before we get into the episode, we've got to plug social media. That's right, that, that darn thing on the internet called social media again. Plugging it back in. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our Twitter has been doing really good lately. Been getting some good tweets, some good retweets out. So, gotta say, follow us on those platforms. Also, check out the Sports Insanity Network website as well. All that is in the description down below, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we're going to jump right into it because we got a lot of things to go over. We got your big NBA news, week 13 matchups. We're also going to talk about what teams are ready for a hot streak coming up in the in the coming weeks. And then we're going to talk about some trade rumors that we've been hearing. So anyways, let's get into it. Your biggest NBA news starting right now. Guys, uh, it's been a long time coming, but Clay Thompson is officially back in the league. He made his he made his return to action against the Cavaliers. He put up 17 points, one assist, three rebounds. This is the first time he's been playing in the NBA since 2019. And there was a bunch of crazy a lot of things have changed. (laughs) Cast have changed and people have moved around and retired and stuff. But it was just nuts. But he's back. He's been having a bit of a slow start. But uh, guys, I'm just excited to see him come back. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, his last couple of games haven't been, you know, there's been a couple of games where the Warriors have gotten destroyed. But also there's been a couple of games like uh, uh, the Bulls game where he well, he didn't play that game, but they they uh, they went off that game. So, I mean, I, I think he's a very important piece and this team's. It hit a couple bumps in the road, losing a couple games over the last couple days. Uh, so they definitely needed this piece, especially with Draymond being out for a little bit. And, uh, you know, Clay Thompson has to step up and kind of be that leader that they paid him to be. And this is his time to shine. You know, if he's able to lead this team to a championship with, you know, Steph Curry, obviously, this year, then the two years of waiting and all those millions of dollars spent on him like you know sitting out uh, will definitely pay off and uh, I just want to give a shout out to the Jonathan Kaminga who had a really good game the other day with 25 points I know I know we're talking about clay but uh this Warriors team man uh definitely on the up and ups yeah when when you look at this Warriors team I mean they've done well without clay so clay coming back is huge and you know, he has been a little bit sluggish out there, but, you know, he's just getting back into the groove of everything. This has been, what, three years, <laughs> two and a half years? It's like, been like two basically. years at this point. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. What's the Titanic meme where it's like, it's been 84 years. It kind of feels like that all of a sudden. Like, the league has changed a lot I, I in think those Westbrook past couple was years. On the, the Westbrook was on the Rockets, if I remember correctly, and Durant was on... No, uh, uh, Chris Paul on, was on the Rockets just oh, before. Oh, he was still on the... That's crazy. Yeah. He was still was, on the Rockets. And there then was a whole had, stat thing. It was like LeBron was still in Cleveland. Kobe uh, didn't. Paul, no, he didn't leave. No, he was on... He didn't leave before that. 
Or did he leave? I can't remember. The, everybody was scattered. Like James Harden Durant and Chris Paul there. were still. Yeah, like like it was just nuts to see all the players that like have switched around in the two years, and it, it's just. I, I it's I actually saw a pretty funny meme where they were like, this is uh, this is Clay Thompson the night before the game. And it was uh, some guy sleeping in his bed with his full outfit already <laughs> on the bed. And, you know, you know, that's how Clay Thompson was. So we're happy to I see him so. in there. You know, future Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, getting back to when I'm talking, considering we just varied off for like two minutes there. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clay, Clay, you know, he's getting back into the groove. Can't expect him to, like, go off right away. I mean, he has time. And also, this team played well just without him against the Bulls. So, obviously, if he can't suffer up right now and he's getting back into the groove of things, this team can pull up the weight for him right there and go off as well. So, Clay just needs his time, needs this month to keep getting back into things. And by the time playoffs come around, he should already be back into the groove and being the Clay that we all know and love. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have the All-Star break coming up soon. I mean, that'll give Clay some time to, like, you know, catch up on things, too. And, like, you know, it'll, it'll be a nice couple months stretch, and then he'll be he should be ready by playoff time. But let's move into the next big piece of news that we got. The New York Knicks making a move. Recently, they have just traded for Hawks forward Cam Reddish. In this trade, the Knicks received Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round pick from Brooklyn. But the Hawks in return get Kevin Knox and a 2022 first round pick from Charlotte. Guys, um, what was your reactions to this trade? Because like I thought it was very surprising, but it makes a lot of sense when you actually look on it on paper. Uh, I was actually I was very happy for the Knicks once I saw that, because when you really look at this, I know certain fans have this big thing about Knox and wanting him, but like. In reality, Knox wasn't doing much for them. He really wasn't. Cam Reddish has been so underutilized in Atlanta, and he has such incredible skill set and hidden talent that he's so underrated and underappreciated. So this was the perfect move for the Knicks because right now Knicks are fighting right in that play-in tournament spot, and this could be the perfect this this trade could be the perfect opportunity for Cam Reddish to get the playing time he deserves, as well as for the Knicks to start making a strong move. And I saw this showed signs of life for the Knicks that, hey, management actually can do things right right now. Yeah, and also, too, this trade didn't need to involve Kemba, too. So I'm happy that they've kind mm-hmm. of patched that uh, broken relationship. We were, a couple of weeks ago, we were a little worried about how that was going to go. But I, I really like this trade for uh, not really the Hawks, uh, I think. Uh, I, I, I like the Knicks side of this trade. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw somebody point this out, and I really can agree with them on this. You know, with this trade right here, you get rid of Kevin Knox, who is, you know, at best, maybe like your backup small forward for the future. You know, he's maybe at best a six man for like a average team. I don't, you know. And then you move on from him and you get Cam Reddish, who I still think has some potential to be an all-star. Not saying he will, but he has that potential. Uh, and that's what he was recruited as uh, back in Duke. So it's cool to see these two back, uh, RJ Barrett and him. You know, they got chemistry. And I, I think this is a solid move for them. And also, too, this kind of just shows uh, from the standpoint of the Knicks that they just aren't a great drafting team. 
Uh, you know, when you look at the faux pas they've had over the last couple of years, you know, with Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina and Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, well, you know, they got Dennis Smith Jr. after not originally drafting him and stuff. But, yeah, I, I just feel like the Knicks made a really good move here, and uh, we'll have to see if that's going to build some momentum for them going forward. We're, we're going to have to see how each team uh, plays out these trades and stuff. I think uh, the Knicks definitely got a guy that they can utilize more, especially in the small forward spot. It's just Kevin Knox never really lived up to the potential with the Knicks, mm-hmm. but maybe he could, at least with the Hawks, he can kind of take a back seat and, you know, let Trey Young and Clint Capella, like, do some of the scoring, and he could kind of fill in that, like, third spot on the floor. But and the, let's... The, oh, just one final point. Uh, also, too, with what Cam Reddish was doing, they were using him how Kevin Knox should be used right now. Kevin Knox should take some time to develop, and Cam Reddish, you know, maybe isn't fully developed, but he's a lot farther uh, along than Kevin Knox. Um, but yeah, we'll continue. Keep going, Zach. We got to move into the next story. Uh, there's been some injury alerts. There's a re- there's a report going out now that Paul George may be out for the season. The Clippers are currently operating as if Paul George will be out. They're not totally sure on what the verdict on his elbow is. We also have Damian Lillard. He's going to be out six to eight weeks due to abdominal surgery. He has been dealing with this injury since during the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. He has not played since December 31st. And then just last night, Zach Levine got hurt in the game against the Warriors. His MRI showed that uh, his injury is not as serious as previously thought. So that's good for them. But guys, there's just a lot of like injuries going around. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on any particular ones. I mean all of these injuries are really going to affect the teams going forward. Well, looking at both of those that you just even mentioned, like the Dame one probably hurts a lot of the trailers because like that's the Oof. only thing left they had going right for them was Dame. And now that's going to set them back even further. The Paul George one is brutal just because, you know, this is a year that Kawhi has not played yet. And Paul George, the Paul George, I know people like people that have bashed his play this year and like said, oh, he took a big step back. But like, and he's only playing 26 games, but what else did you expect him to do? He's literally the only guy out there for them that really is trying to take that leader role. And I give him a lot of credit for what he was trying to do. But now this hurts him further because they said, if you guys remember, like I think it was like a week and a half ago or a couple of weeks ago, they said Kawhi is far ahead of his schedule for recovery and returning back this season. But now the question is, do you have to try and speed that up? Because you're right now looking at a team that could possibly fall out of the play in Torrent because Paul George, their actual leader right now it, for this year so far, is gone. And now you're going to have to maybe convince, try and like convince Kawhi, hey, you know, we need you, buddy. Get back, get out there. Because right now, he uh-huh. can't afford to not have Kawhi out there now with Paul George gone. Mm-hmm. And th- thankfully enough, they have a four-game lead in the uh, West uh, from the eighth seed to the tenth seed right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I look at both of these injuries, both Paul George and Damian Lillard, as basically season enders for both of these teams, unless, l- like you mentioned, Kawhi can come back in a reasonable time uh, to maybe get the Clippers and uh, you know. Uh, at least the playoff bubble. Because let's not forget, you know, Kawhi is a monster. You know, he was able to lead that Raptors team a couple of years ago to the championship and win the title. So he can bring a bunch of guys that might not be 
you know, the sexiest team, you know, to the promised land. So uh, definitely for Portland, it's a season ender, in my opinion. And uh, the Clippers, it could potentially be a season ender for them. Just Uh, depends. Why? Yeah, it, it depends on Kawhi. And that's huge news for teams such as the Lakers, Timberwolves, and Kings. Uh, who are trying to make a push for those last couple seeding spots. Yeah, I mean, like, um, for the Clippers, it could be detrimental to them. For The the Trail Blazers really haven't had much of a season at all, so it really didn't matter, uh, you know, with Damian Lillard. Uh, for the Bulls and Zach Levine, you know, hopefully he'll be back. But the Bulls, you know... Despite being blown out, you know, they're they're probably going to be fine. They've had a couple of, like, tough game stretch. But I think for, like, some of these teams, like, especially the Clippers, if you don't get Paul George back this season, you have two options. Trade to get a better player onto the team or hope Kawhi Leonard can come back and fill that void. So I think that's, that's going to be a big thing that we're going to see and look at. And speaking of game matchups, guys, it's time for the Week 13 matchups. Uh, let's start with... January 8th, let's go back to last Saturday. The Grizzlies continued their win streak against the Clippers, winning 123 to 108. Jaron Jackson Jr. with 26 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. Also later that night, the Heat took care of the Suns on the road, 123 to 100. Guys, Tyler Hero had 33 points, five rebounds, and three assists. He fell one point shy of tying his all time career high. So um, I don't know about you, but I would be kicking myself a little bit. Be like, yeah, I could have got like two more points and push that out to 35. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm him, I would have want that ball for that last basket to get my career high. But he's got a young career. He'll he'll break it. No, oh, this just fuels him for the next game to try and break it then. The next one, he gets 34 and then ties it again. But anyways, moving into that Sunday, the Wizards hold on to beat Orlando 102 to 100. Kyle Kuzma had a double-double with 27 points, 22 rebounds, and one assist because you do have to pass the ball eventually. Later that night, the Mavericks beat the Bulls 113 to 99. Luka Dantage had a triple-double, 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 14 assists. That's going to be a theme for him. He's been really red hot lately, and the Mavericks have been doing well. Moving into that Monday night, the Hornets defend home court against the Bucks. They win that game 103-99. to Terry Rozier had 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. And then moving into the later night matchup, the Cavaliers got a close win on the road, 109-108. to Jared Allen had a double-double of 18 points, 17 rebounds, and one assist. Now, as we move into the Tuesday night matchups, the Clippers win a tough defensive battle against the Nuggets, 87-85. This is when Paul George got hurt. Amir Coffey led the way with 18 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. The interesting thing about this, Aaron Gordon and Jokic had a combined 51 points, 25 rebounds, and 9 assists in that Guys, I, that was not enough to beat the Clippers, even though they were down. Right. Uh, moving into the 12th, the Hornets beat the 76ers on the road, 109 to 98. Guys, if you had to pick, who do you think was going to be the star for this game? Because I didn't think it was going to be Gordon Hayward, who, by the way, oh. had 30 points, four rebounds, seven assists, 
and three steals. And the interesting thing about that game for Gordon Hayward, he only missed three shots the entire game from the field goal, including three pointers. He was 100% beyond the arc. Uh, just a really interesting performance by Hayward, who we haven't heard about lately. It's cool to see that, you know, because I miss his old Utah Jazz days. And ever since that injury uh, first game of Boston a couple of years ago, he really hasn't been the same. But since he's been with the Hornets, man, I, I've seen a different Gordon Hayward. So I'm happy about that. Good for him. Yeah. And for this team, I mean, this game, I would have thought the hero for them would have been Bridges probably. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know to see Gordon step up right now and he. You know, he isn't having a bad year. He's averaging 17 a game, but it's just, Connor, you make a good point. It's just everything has changed since that injury for him, and he hasn't been the same guy that we've seen. But, you know, it's good to see him, like, get out there and do something. Same thing with how we feel about Derrick Rose. It's good to see them have these type of games. The Nets later that night beat the Bulls 138 to 122. James Harden had 25 points, 16 assists, and seven rebounds. We move into Thursday night. The Bucks defend home court against the Warriors. Giannis had a triple double, 30 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. But then the very next night on the 14th, we talked about this game a little bit. The Warriors beat the Bulls by 45 points, 138 to 96. Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, and Jordan Poole had a combined 62 points. We mentioned Zach Levine left with an injury, had to get the MRI done. And then the Mavericks end up slaying the Grizzlies and and ending their 11-game win streak. That is 112-85. Luka Doncic had another triple-double, 27 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. So it's time to reveal, reveal our weekly and overall records and... Uh, guys, we, we didn't do so hot this week. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was bound to happen, right boys? I mean, even, even the best and the most brightest stars go dim sometimes. So it's that time of year where we start getting a little bit of a cold streak going. So my weekly record was two and 10. Ouch. Connor was at, Connor was at three and nine. So not too far off. And Alex led the way with five and seven. I think. I think, except for one other week, this is like the second time we have not been above 500 on our weekly records. Is this like the records of the Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Houston Rockets? Houston Rockets? (laughs) Yeah. All right, so our new overalls. I am 84 and 72 on the season. Connor is 83, 64. Alex is at 86 and 70. So, you know what? We've done a good season. You know, we can't complain. We've done pretty good. Uh, we've you done know, very we're... well. Uh, I'm happy to take the lead, though, right now. That's fine. Oh, uh, there it is. I was waiting for that part to show up. <laughs> but but no, I mean, we all this this week actually, I think, really set us all back from where we actually were. You know, like we actually were doing very well this past month, month and a half. And then now, you know, it was like Connor said, it was bound to happen. But yeah, it's tough. It was this week because I really felt strong about our picks. this week. <laughs> yeah, we no, like honestly, 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 this week I was like, man solid picks i like i really had <laughs> and then once i saw my record halfway through the week i'm like what the hell happened you know uh, and- it's like when you like do you think you did well on a test you're walking out it's like yeah i feel pretty good about this and then you come back like two days later 
It's a big old F on, on the paper. It's like, oh. Man, I, I crushed this. Gets a 32. <laughs> Don't you mean 82? No, that's a three. <laughs> but you know what? I think the saddest part is I feel like if we would have had a better week, we could have this next week could have hit potentially the 100 mark. But now I think that sets us back a week. Yeah, it might. We might not get to the hundred mark until All Star break. So we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about teams that are due for a hot streak. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Zach here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like the show, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We share breaking news and updates that are going around the league, as well as show updates. You can find a link to our accounts in the description down below, or search Sins the Throwdown. Thanks so much for listening. Now here's the rest of the episode. And welcome back from the break. All right, guys, we have seen some really hot starts to the season. The Warriors, the Bulls, the Suns, the Heat, everybody. The top uh, top half of the Eastern and Western conferences have been really hot so far. So we're going to try. We're going to try and predict who is going to start a hot streak and who is overdue for a hot streak. Now I had the three of us pick one team from the East, one team from the West, and then one team of your choice. I'm going to let Alex start on this. Alex, uh, give us your three teams that you think are ready for a hot streak. Okay. So the first team that comes to mind really is the Celtics, you know, cause you know, we always bash the Celtics this year. I think there, if there's one thing that we've always just kept making jokes about that should be in a good position, it's the Celtics. But you know, it's like when you really look at their string of games and what they play, they win three in a row, then they'll lose like four in a row, then they'll win maybe four in a row after that, and then lose two. They're just so back and forth. But the combo of Tatum and Jalen Brown just really has been stronger, I think we've seen these past couple weeks. And this duo together has been due for a solid winning streak. So I feel like they're the ones that are actually going to make the big surprise in the East right now and potentially put themselves closer to that clinching maybe a playoff spot eventually uh the next team up for me is the in the west is the nugget now you know the nuggets this is a different nuggets team that we've seen from last year but then you have to take into account injuries but Jokic has been playing at an mvp caliber level still he has been one of the best players of this uh, of the year still it's just that team has struggled because of injuries but you know i also think with Jamal Murray coming back eventually that, you know, they're going to be due for a run. And, you know, there have been games that they have played some of the toughest teams that we thought would smack them, and they actually have bounced back and gotten wins. So they're right there. They're just itching for that winning streak. And then the last team, the team of my choice, is the Knicks. Now, this is also just because of this trade for Cam Radish, because I think this is like the first sign of life that we have seen from the Knicks this year in terms of making an aggressive move. And, you know, Cam Radish, if they utilize him correctly and if they continue to actually use Kemba Walker the way he's meant to be used, then the Knicks actually look like they're about to go on a potential run. I don't think, I don't know if they will, but that being said, the Knicks are definitely due for a run, especially since they've been flirting around 500. Same thing with all the other two teams I said. They've all been flirting around 500 for a couple months now. It's been way too long for them. All right, uh, Connor, who do you got for your teams? Okay, cool. Uh, so my first team is the Wizards. Uh, so I'm going with the Wizards because 
you know, I really like their depth as well as they've, and they're getting a lot of pieces back who have either been hurt or, you know, just haven't really been in the picture, you know, with Ruby Hachimura making his comeback this week. Uh, Thomas Bryan also coming back this week. Uh, you got Montrez Harold and you got uh, KCP and you got Kuzma who's playing at a great level. Bradley Beal, you know, Denny, uh, Kisper. I really like this squad. I really do. Uh, I think they're young and ready to kind of go on a, a good run here. And they got their pieces. So I'm excited to see how they do the next couple of weeks in the East. So that's my uh, first pick. Uh, also, too, I want to shout out Daniel Gafford, too. I uh, I missed him, too. Uh, he He's a really good center. He's done well the last couple of weeks uh, filling for that starting role. And number two, I'm going to go with uh, the Lakers. I mean, this team's got it. They, they got to go on a streak eventually, right? There's no way they can be a seven seed again, right? There's no way. So, you know, I see, you know, we look at some of the teams that they're playing soon. They're playing uh, the Magic coming up soon. They're playing the Pacers coming up. And then in a couple of weeks, they'll be playing the Trailblazers and the Clippers. So, you know, both of those teams, the Clippers and the Trailblazers, are, like we said, now without their main pieces. And I think that will help capitalize uh, for a hot streak for the Lakers. Um, going over the next couple of weeks. And then lastly, I'm going with the New York Knicks. I do like that trade that they made with uh for Cam Reddish. I think he will be a excellent uh, scorer for them off the bench. And I'm excited to see how that pairing does RJ Barrett and him going forward. And yeah, those are my three. All right, it's my turn. Um for my Eastern Conference team, I'm I'm picking I'm picking the Raptors. I think it's uh I think it's their time. They're sitting at the ninth seed right now, which gets them into the playing tournament. But they've been playing really well. I mean, I've just been looking up their past couple games. Granted, two losses, not great. One to the Suns, one to the Pistons. But some of their other losses have been a lot closer. And they're doing better than I thought this year. And, you know, Fred Van Fleet's starting to pick it up. And then Siakam's picking it up. Scotty Barnes is there. And he's really been contributing. So I think the Raptors aren't too far off from, like, serious playoff contention. Maybe if they, like, traded for an extra guy or, like, they figured out the roster. Because there has been interest for uh, Gary Trent. But anyways... The the point being with the Raptors is that they're gonna they're gonna pop off soon. I have a I have a pretty good feeling about that. My team for the West is the Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves have some pretty winnable games coming up in January, but I'm looking ahead at them in February where they have a lot more manageable wins wins that they should get against lower teams, and I think that's really gonna help them off because the the Timberwolves have been sitting kind of in the playing tournament. They've been bouncing around from like the eight seed, seven seed, nine seed, ten seed. I just think that they're finally ready to like really get going. And then my my free choice, my pick is the Hornets. Now the Hornets have been struggling for the past couple weeks. Now they're starting to get back into it. We've seen the wins over the Bucks and then the win over the 76ers. It just proves more and more that the Hornets are more of a legit team. Granted, they're still young, but they have a really easy schedule coming up in February and I think that's going to help them out. And I think it's going to help solidify their position 
either like the seventh seed in the playing tournament or the sixth seed in the playoffs. So those are my three teams. I mean, I see what the Knicks are trying to do, but also like I'm also thinking like, you know, what other teams are about to pop off here soon. But it seems like we have a pretty, pretty well spread out list for this. Yeah, I, I do like how we kind of spread it out here. I mean, the only consistency is the Knicks. Uh, but yeah, I really like the choices. Uh, is there any one that kind of sticks out differently that, you know, we want to contest? <laughs> Who are I we going to dump crap on to today? The only one that I could say, you know, maybe is just the Hornets. Cause I feel like they have had their winning streaks for a good amount of the year. They do, you know, but I, I get the point, though. They have been, you know, they've had suffered a couple weeks where they've, where it was whether it was injuries or just, you know, COVID, COVID or so, and also certain matchups. But no, I, but I think all around our, our options, our guy, our teams that are literally have been around that near that 500 bubble whether they're ahead of it, barely, or just behind it, or right around it. So I think we had some fair choices. I think so, too. And I think the Knicks, especially after this trade, and like they have to have a hot streak. Otherwise, they're going to look kind of foolish. But, you know, the Lakers have been playing really well, too, lately. Uh, they've been crawling their way out of the play-in tournament. And I think, especially down the stretch, when everybody gets healthy for the Lakers, I think all of a sudden we're going to finally see what what the uh, the old man squad could finally do against some of these other teams like the Suns or the Warriors or the Grizzlies. But I, I also like the choice of the Wizards because like for the first time, uh, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, they dipped down below 500. Uh-huh. But they are they got guys coming back in and then Kuzma has been playing really well. So I think it's just a matter of time before we really see the Wizards maybe go on another stretch. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, it's not a great situation uh, with how close most of their games are, but that's also a good trait to have, especially in the playoffs. If you're able to win, you know, you look at their last, what, one, two, oh, one second, sorry. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Last seven games, only one of them was less than uh was more than three points or sorry more than four points Mm -hmm. which is crazy so like over the last seven games all of them have been single digit games so that means that this team knows how to go down to the grind and try to win out those games that may not be the you know sexiest that's the second time i use that (laughs) uh but you know they can win those ugly games too and they can win them close so that's a good treat to have in the playoffs. I've just updated the sexy board to two. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the Wizards have been, you know, it's better to win ugly than to lose pretty. So mm-hmm. um, but I think all these teams are like they're hovering around and I think they're just waiting for one thing to kick off the momentum. But these are definitely teams everybody should be looking out for, especially in the stretch between now and then the all star break and maybe even after the all star break. Uh, with that in mind, we're going to toss it a break. When we come back, we're going to have some fun with some trade rumors. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network. 
and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network. Hello and welcome back. All right, guys, we like trade rumors, right? It gives us something to talk about. Absolutely. I love trades. All right. So in this segment, we're going to have some questions about some possible trades that are going around. Trade rumors, reports, everything about that. I'm basically going to give you the scenario and you're just going to tell me, do you make a trade or do you not? That's today's game. That is today's fun question of the week. Like, deal or Do no deal? Do you make the trade or not? <laughs> deal right. or no deal. Deal or no deal. Trade <laughs> or no trade. All right. The first one, and I'll toss this first one to Alex. Alex, does attaching Tobias Harris with Ben Simmons in a package deal make sense? And if so, for which team? You know, I'm going to be honest, you know, Tobias Harris involved with a trade with a trade. I know a lot of teams would be interested in, but you know how much how expensive that trade package is? I really don't know any team that would actually want to get in on that just because you get two solid pieces. Of course, we all know that, but you really would be set back financially when you really look at those two pieces. And God knows, like, who knows what you're going to have to give up in return for that. In reality, when you when you look at it, you're going to have to give up two extremely solid pieces. Like, and uh, tech, if you're looking at specific teams, like you're going to have to give up all-star pieces for two of those guys too involved in a trade. And maybe, maybe you know, Sixers might try and like get a first rounder out of it. Who knows? They'd be insane at times depending on who they get in return. But I don't know any team that should t- be involved with this kind of trade because I think it's just a huge setback financially. And I don't know what the real appeal is when you package them together if you package them if you take them separately then you have a shot right there but together it makes it a lot harder for teams all right connor what about you are you thinking trade or no trade in this instance i mean realistically i i don't think one i don't think a team should trade do this trade and two i don't um i would say the only teams that would make sense would be like either okc detroit or sacramento like teams that are really low on cap i mean you look at OKC at 46 mil, then next up 79 mil with Detroit, and then 99 mil with Sacramento. And then all the other teams are, you know, pretty high in cap uh, space and don't really need either one of those two players. Or sorry, not Sacramento, uh, San Antonio, San Antonio. So I think the only real fit is maybe San Antonio, uh, just because, or OKC, that could be an interesting fit with all those picks. But yeah, I wouldn't make the trade. That's too much of a cap hit. Uh, you get two guys that are making, you know, max contracts. Yeah, I wouldn't make the trade. Um, For me, I think the only way this works is if it's like a three-way, three-team yeah. trade. You know, like that's the only way it would work. Like you send Ben Simmons one place, you send Tobias Harris to another place to kind of offset the cap issue and then maybe the Sixers get an all-star back and then the other team gets a pick with Simmons and it, it was it was an interesting report and like that's a lot of cap space that you're playing with and not every team could afford it so I'm thinking like the only way it makes sense is like it's a three-team trade and then that way you don't have to worry about cap space and then everybody gets what they want but if you were to just shop them alone, you know, shop around with them individually, it works. But adding them together, that's a lot of cap. So I don't think that really makes a whole lot of sense. So it seems like the first trade scenario uh, consensus, not that's a no go. So maybe we'll try this one. 
John Collins with the Atlanta Hawks, we just saw Cam Reddish get traded to the Knicks, is getting frustrated with his role on the team. If you are the Hawks GM, where do you send him or do you just keep him? I'm, I'll toss it. I'll toss this, toss this one to Connor since I gave Alex the last one. Okay. That's really a tough decision, honestly. I mean, you got a guy who basically kind of grew with uh, grew with Trey Young. Uh, so it would be kind of tough to see you move that piece. But honestly, I think maybe a good fit would be, I mean, I'm looking through the teams right now. It's pretty tough to see where they want to really move him. Maybe they try to do like a Portland, maybe. I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, I would say it would be a smart move to move them. You know, they've been struggling this year. And maybe that, I mean, I think we realize now that that run that they made last year was pretty fluky. Uh, so I would say, yeah, move John Collins and try to build uh, a couple pieces to that rotation that could help. Uh, try to make them win some more games. All right, Alex, you have thoughts on John Collins? Yeah, you know, I absolutely love John Collins. I think he's extremely talented and a true double-double machine. I, I, and I agree with him. I would be frustrated too. I think the Hawks haven't used him the way he should be used. And at the same time, they're not getting him as involved as they should because I don't know. I don't know many guys who are who have the skill set of John Collins and don't get used the way he should be. But the team to me that really just makes the most sense. You know, we talk about how he grew with Trey Young. We're talking about you know a young guard that he, that he grew with. But how about grow with another young guard instead and send him to Memphis? When I really look at that team, like you know, of course you know when you look at it and break it down, you're gonna probably have to package. Steven Adams, which may not be as attractive just because they have Clint Capello in Atlanta. But that's why maybe you can afford to put guys like Kyle Anderson or Dylan Brooks in that trade and maybe a, a pick because then that will make Atlanta more eager. It's like they will get a little bit more depth and they'll get a big man. So it's not as crazy when you look at it. And for Memphis, you know, teaming up Jaw with John Collins is probably going to be a deadlier duo than teaming than having Trey with John right now. Yeah. And also too, you could have Jaron and then you also have Jaron Jackson there as well. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that would be a really good front court. They have the cap space to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe they're, you know, like I mentioned, I believe they're like 28th in cap space or something like that. So I, I think that would be a great fit. Uh, yeah, I, I believe there or what What was the team I had? I think it was Portland. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. you get a guy to, to, you know, free up some cap space and uh, get rid of some of those uh, contracts in Portland. So who knows? Yeah, I think uh, John Collins is like he's not being utilized the way he should. Atlanta is clearly playing into their guards a bit more than their forward. So that's frustrating, especially for a player with talent like Collins. So it makes sense to move on from him at this point. There's plenty of options you could throw him to. Almost every team is looking for some sort of like big man who's like who's able to put up the stats and the numbers and help the team win. So I think it makes sense to send him to a place that can handle the cap space like Portland makes sense because then you give Lillard, you know, another guy or, you know, Lillard or McCollum, another guy to play with. Maybe the 76ers switched Tobias Harris with John Collins, but that's a lot of cap space for 
the Hawks, so it'd be a little it'd be a little tricky. But there's there's certainly a market for him. Let's move into this third question. Jeremy Grant may be on the move from the Pistons. Detroit is currently getting offers from these four teams that we know of. These are confirmed. Lakers, Knicks, Mavericks, and War Wizards, not Warriors. Where should Jeremy Grant go and why? Uh, I will toss this one back to Alex. Sure. So to me, you know, Jeremy Grant, you know, he's only played in 24 games this year, but the games I've seen him playing, he has done the same exact thing that he's done last year. He's averaging 20 a game. His shooting percentages are really good. And he has stepped it up these past couple of years. And the one team that needs a guy who can score and also needs some flexibility and flexibility in that front court right now and that type of size and athleticism is the Lakers. Now, the Lakers probably are going to have to give up a couple guys like Horton Tucker, Bazemore, and maybe someone else. Like, and I think we can all see that happening just because for that trade and possibly a second rounder, first rounder. But when you look at what Jeremy Grant can bring to the table, he he can help to easily slide in that, into their new small ball type lineup that they're trying to build. And he can step into that role that, and he's not just going to be, he'll a starter for sure on that team probably when they have to make certain changes but then shift things around but when you look at what he brings to the table he has the size he has the athleticism and he has the type of scoring and shooting that the lakers are lacking in right now because when you look at the lakers lebron obviously can't do it all by himself and the guy's averaging 29 right now he still can't win games he's still struggling so he needs that extra guy because guys like westbrook have been of course off with their shooting game and you need that kind of guy right there to help uh be the second to lebron when it comes to shooting especially from beyond three-point line honor what do you think uh so i did just mention this team but you know i first off i think they should move them but secondly uh i think a great fit would be a place where he actually was born and raised and that's uh portland uh you know i just mentioned them but you know that you know, if they don't go for a guy like John Collins, maybe you get Jeremy Grant, a guy who not only is a native of Portland, but also is a great three-point shooter, uh, can spread the floor for them and can add some depth, especially when they're missing out on having Damian Lillard, you know, there for the next couple of weeks. So I, I feel like he would be a great uh, spot. That would be a great spot for him in Portland. Yeah, I mean, like that would be that would be a really good spot for him to be able to go in and contribute and all that stuff. Um, I'm thinking for the four there, the Lakers make the most sense because they really need definitely they they need that they need that boost the the shot in the arm and maybe that's how they get a hot streak going. They trade for Jeremy Grant, they move some pieces around to go grab them, and then you adjust the lineup because you know we we know that like the Lakers are struggling. And they they move Rondo and, you know, that kind of gave him a boost because it gave a little more clarity with the guard rotation. So that helped out, too. So maybe maybe clearing up a little more clarity in the forward position that would definitely help out the Lakers and give them, you know, having LeBron and Grant out there on the floor would be really good. Because if LeBron's having an off night, we know that Grant will be able to step up and then maybe seeing Grant with Russell Westbrook and like seeing like how he's kind of like maybe that missing piece into that offense. Uh, Knicks doesn't make sense now after Cam Reddish. Mavericks are a little weird because they could go grab them, but then, like, who who do you give up? Do you give up Przingis? Do you give up a... 
Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, who do you give up on the Mavericks? And then the Wizards, like, they just got a bunch of guys, and Kuzma's been performing really well. I think for the Wizards, uh, you know, if if Kuzma wasn't performing well, you know, I think that would be an obvious choice, but he is. And also, you know, it's been talked about before Jeremy Grant coming to the Wizards because he went to DeMatha Catholic High School in uh, Hyattsville in Maryland. So de- definitely, you know, knows the area, would fit well with Bradley Beal. So, but, you know, I think the Lakers make the most sense out of that. So with that being said, those are just some trade rumors and stuff. We are running out of time. But when we come back for break, we're going to talk about the week 14 matchups. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. And welcome back. All right, guys, week 14 matchups. Maybe we get some redemption arcs this week. I don't know. Hopefully. Maybe we'll go above 500, so... Yeah, we're gonna, ch- we're gonna try. <laughs> that's the that's the goal for this week, boys. <laughs> the yeah. goal this week is just five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off on the eighteenth of January, Tuesday night. Timberwolves versus Knicks. I know we're saying that the Knicks, you know, they just got some new players. Maybe it'll do well, but I'm going with the Timberwolves on this one. Yeah, I look at both of these teams, you know, we mentioned them as some of our hot teams, but I I do like the Timberwolves in this matchup. I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a really good game. Hey, Carl Anthony Towns can have any good game he wants, but in this game, regardless, the Knicks, after making their moves, they, I think, are going to begin their hot streak now against the Timberwolves, and they're going to get the win. All right, moving into Wednesday night. Raptors versus Mavericks. Speaking of hot teams, the Mavericks, they're really hot. So, you know, I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I'm going with the Mavericks here, too. Uh, It's great to see Luka uh, heating up now and making a late run for, who knows, maybe an MVP run. We'll see if he keeps heating up. Yep, you heard it here first from Connor, MVP Luka. But... (laughs) But no, I agree with that. You know, Mavericks have turned it up lately, and they've really even shocked, I think, all of us because we've made jokes like a couple months ago about the Mavericks. So for them to do what they're doing right now, and Luka has stepped up into his own and and showed everyone why you shouldn't forget about him, this team is going to continue their streaks. All right, so we're all on board with the Mavericks on that one. Moving into the later matchup, Thunder versus Spurs. I mean, not two of the most popular teams right now, but they are playing well. But I'm going to go with OKC on that one. Yeah, you know, I was going to go with the Spurs, but imagine dragging my team into the dirt and picking the Spurs. No, I'm taking the Thunder. <laughs> yeah. nah, that was a deep joke, guys. Come on. That was, that was deep. <laughs> that, was that, was really deep. <laughs> that was really deep. But. 
you know, this matchup, it's one of those that's not the sexiest matchup that we want to talk about. But there we go. Sexy. Sexy at sexiest. three. <laughs> <laughs> this but, will be the sexiest episode right here. I, I but, but, you know, Thunder, honestly, you know, I expect maybe a really solid performance from Josh Giddy in this one. Ooh, there we go. Name dropping. All right. On to that Thursday night, the 20th. Suns versus Mavericks. Now, Dallas is playing back-to-back days, and, you know, they're both at home, home step, but I I just like the Suns more in this matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Suns here, too. Two hot teams, but, you know, the Suns, man, they're, they're, they're something else. You know, I, I really like the squad. Uh, this could be the year, man. Uh, this could be the year. And, you know, both teams have obviously been playing great, but the Suns are just... You know, even if the Mavericks, even if this wasn't a back-to-back game for them, the Suns are just on another level right now. They really mm-hmm. are. And that's not to bash the Mavericks. It's just that's how well the Suns have rallied together this year. So I take Suns on this one. All right. Later that night, Pacers versus Warriors. Warriors have been a little hot and cold, but I, I think they're going to turn it on against the Pacers. So give me Golden State. Yeah, poor Pacers, man. Uh, you know, do we have given them so much crap and uh, it's going to continue as the Warriors win this matchup. I heard yeah. a little bit of sympathy in that voice and we're still going to dump on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh Pacers are going through the ringer right now. And you know, the sad part is I could easily see the starters like getting more rest than Jordan Poole and like Jordan Poole stepping up and scoring like 40 on this team still. Oh my God. <laughs> so safe to say all in on the, on the Warriors. Yep. Yep. All right. Moving into some Friday night action, the 21st. Bulls versus Bucks. Both very interesting because the Bulls have been on a bit of a rough patch. The Bucks have been, you know, doing pretty well. Um, I'm going with the Bucks on this. There's just something that's telling me that the Bulls without Zach Levine are gonna struggle. You know, I I was back and forth about this game, but you know what? I don't think the Bucks bully the Bulls again. I'm taking the Bulls here. Yeah, well, that's Connor's. Uh, that's the pick that that's going to put Connor below 500, unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, just kidding, bud. But you know, this is a tough matchup. This is, and this is. These are two teams that are right there within those. You know, Bulls are the one seed, but then Bucks are a couple games back. So this is a game that really matters and. Giannis is not going to want to let this one slip through his fingers, and I expect one of the most dominant performances of the year from him. All right. Later that night, we got the Grizzlies taking on the Nuggets. The Grizzlies just had their 11-game win streak snap, but, you know, they're going to pick it up again, and I think uh, against the Nuggets team, I think they're going to find a groove, so give me Memphis. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is on a why as we're recording this 10-game win streak or something like that. It was 11, and then last night, uh, yeah. the Mavericks snapped it. So they're going to try yeah. again. They'll yeah. go for 12. Yeah, so 11-game win streak, man, that's that's something else, man. I, this Grizzlies team, they're out to, they're out to kill, man. John Morant is going to go for uh 30-bomb here, 35. You know, they're going to go into this trying to, trying to kill, but, you know, the beast in Nikola Jokic is, is going to just stomp him out and say no. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give Nikola Jokic the nod here, and I think this is also one of the times where maybe they'll be on this win streak that they need to get on soon. 
I love how we're going to get canceled by PETA by the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, moving into that Saturday, Thunder versus Cavaliers. Look, uh, what is it? Lightning doesn't strike twice. Uh, Thunder can't strike twice within the same matchup week. So give me the Cavaliers. Yeah, you know what? That was I was actually proud of you there, my son. You you did a good you did a good pun. Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't come up with well I could, but that one was too good. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Cavaliers the win as well. You couldn't storm up any ideas, Connor. Uh, the Cavaliers will. <laughs> Uh, just, yeah, I'll, I'll just let that one stay, man. That that was that was a good one. I gotta give it to you. I'll go Cavs. Yeah, I'm done with this. So we're just gonna go with the Cavs. <laughs> Somebody three. had to bring pun. Sexy at three, puns at two. Like, <laughs> all right, let's let's move into Sunday. <laughs> let's move into the 23rd. Celtics versus Wizards. Um, you know, we talk about the Celtics needing a hot streak soon, but I think the Wizards might start theirs here. So give me give me Washington. Yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really high in the Wizards. I like their depth. And who knows, we might see a trade. Uh, you know, this is around when we might see a couple of trades. So we could see more pieces to that Wizard squad. Uh, but I like them in this matchup. I'm taking the Wizards. You know, this was another tough back and forth because both have had their cold streaks both have been on and off but you know i i want to give it to the celtics here because you know i just want to throw him a bone i just want to give jason tatum and jalen brown that chance you know yeah, yeah. just throw him a bone you know like every every team needs uh needs to catch a break so maybe they do but later that night west coast matchup jazz versus warriors um I'm going with the Warriors on this. I, I you know, I like the Jazz. Uh, their squad has definitely been proving me wrong this season, but I, I just, I still like Golden State in this matchup. You know, it's not much of an upset, but it's my upset of the week. I'm taking the Jazz. <laughs> Give me some Jazz. Let's hear some nice trombones and trumpets in the background. As the like- jazz, uh, not the Jazz. <laughs> I almost said the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz get the win over the Warriors. You like jazz? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to do it like that one week. But, you like jazz? Uh, Alex, who do you got in this matchup? You know, this matchup, you know, jazz have been hot, but Warriors are, to me, the all-around better team right now. And Warriors are, there's a reason why we say Warriors or Suns are the are easily the two best teams, and this is one of the reasons. They're going to win this game and show while they're the top contender. All right. Moving into the 24th. Knicks versus Cavaliers. Once again, I'm picking the Cavaliers. Uh, you know, the Knicks got some new pieces, but that, that might take some time to gel. I, I'm going with you as well. Uh, you know, as the good, uh, good old uh, actor Owen Wilson usually says, wow. And that's, a, that's how I react when I see this Cavaliers team. They're, they're surprising me and everyone else. So, wow, I'm taking the Cavaliers. Alex. Uh, it makes me want to change my pick, but I'll go with the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know, Nick, I felt I, like changing too. I'm like, I can't be associated with this. Wow. <laughs> you know, Knicks, Knicks are one of those teams I want to go on that streak, but like, that's why you can win those games against Timberwolves, but against a team like the Cavs, it's just going to be tough for them early on. All right. And finally, the last matchup 
the Pacers versus the Pelicans. So not not the sexiest matchup we've seen. This in one this makes week. me go bad. <laughs> yeah, this one this one is not as sexy as like I would like it to be. Um, we thought the Pacers were going to be much better this year. Uh, we've been proven wrong about the Pacers, but you know what? I'm. This is this is me giving them, you know, like throwing them throwing them a bone. Give me Indiana in this one. Okay, uh, you know, like uh, like that meme usually says, where it says, "Oh, we have a basketball game at home," and then you got the basketball game at home, and it's the Pacers Pelicans. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm taking the Pelicans here. They've uh, they've haven't really gone on a hot hot streak, but they've done a lot better since their early season woes. I'm taking the Pelicans here. Yeah, you know, the this is <laughs> this is again, we're in the same situation as before. This is a tough matchup because it's not a fun matchup. It's a terrible matchup. But you know, Pacers, Pelicans, either one could win, but I think Pelicans just because Pelicans at least have shown some signs of life, you know, they actually show like, hey, we can go on a few game winning streak too. And you know, Brandon Ingram, you know, the other night when I saw him hit that game winning three, I think you guys all saw it too. He he obviously has stepped up his game as the years keep going and i think he maybe will step up in this one and get him the w all right so there it is your week 14 matchups thank you so much for listening to another episode we really appreciate it again find us on social media facebook twitter and instagram check us out on the sportsinsanitynetwork.com all that information is in the description of this episode so be sure to check it out thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next time it sound right boy